Welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I really am. Before I introduce him, a quick word about our sponsors. Um, now is the time I would suggest that you might want to own some gold. I do. I think you'd be kind of mad not to. And uh, I'm, I'm, um, my sponsors uh, have two ways of doing it. One is monetary metals, which allows you to hold gold and actually pays interest on the gold by an, an amazing mechanism, which, um, which the founder explained to me on a previous pod, podcast, Keith Weiner. Um, and you can listen to it if you want to find out, but it's a good way of owning gold and not paying for storage. Or you can go to my new sponsor, the Pure Gold Company. This is more conventional. They either deliver to your door anywhere in the world, or they can store your gold in a vault, or silver, by the way, which is going to rock it even more probably at some stage, in, in a vault in London or Zurich. And don't forget our friends at Hunter and Gather. Um, we'll, we'll put a, a, a link below this podcast so that you can get access to discounts on their excellent produce. Now, my special guest, Shane Sador, as you're now known. Although I've seen stuff that you've done in the past under the name Shane Bales. Um, no, it's my, my legal name is Shane Bales. I, I recently, probably 2020-ish, um, decided to go back to what my birth name is, which is Sador. I see. Now, as always with podcasts like this one, there's going to be people who are being suspicious about the, some of the claims you make, aren't they? Because whenever the, whenever the, 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 the name Illuminati appears in a podcast, people are going, well, yeah, how can this guy have been a member of an Illuminati bloodline family surely he'd be bumped off by now if he if, if he were for real they wouldn't let him say this stuff so um but that is that is essentially your story isn't it Shane that that you were born into one of the bloodlines families yes it was um you know it is part of my bloodline but also just I was selected for one of their programs um and then yeah I did that that spec um Skepticism, I would definitely yeah. recommend because I don't think that, um, you know, I'm kind of reluctantly doing this and it, I got found by, by happenstance as opposed to, you know, trying to disclose things to the public, which is part of the reason why I've been left alone for it, right? And um, there's also rules involved of not mentioning certain names or places. Um, and then, you know, right from the very beginning, the name Illuminati is something that was essentially made up. It's um, a name that we use to describe the programs, projects, and cults, but it's not actually their name. So it uh, doesn't really well, hurt anyway. What is their name? I'm not allowed to tell you that. <laughs> so it's, uh, you, are you serious? What, yeah. you mean they, they have a special name that nobody knows apart from the, these people? Absolutely, yeah. It's been, uh, it has been mentioned um, I've seen it in print one other place. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not supposed to, and I don't repeat it. We use Lightning. Illuminati as the word because it, um, it's a concept. It's an idea that people understand as that name. Right. So, well, it, so it's not the Brotherhood or the, no, it's not no. the anything. No, nothing that uh, I don't think that you would, nothing that I don't think you, nothing that I think you could guess. Oh, okay. Quaxelgrod. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. But look at, looking at you, Shane, I have to say that you do not look like a 
Sion of the evil master master race that that secretly runs the world i mean i mean is that is that the way of things that that these people walk among us without knowing us knowing who they are well absolutely like it's humans right it's it's people it has been for a very 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 long time um we've kind of had a bit of a changeover actually what people know as the illuminati isn't really in power anymore now what i the groups that have kind of risen from those ashes. I, I call the Umbrella Corporation just as a joke because we've kind of watched how the corporations have taken over government and taken over the military and taken over all of these institutions that we previously attributed to being run by the Illuminati, right? So um, yeah. that was part of my blog as well was that that changeover was coming. Um, I wrote that in 2015 and we've just kind of watched it happen ever since. Um, in the blog, I talk about a specific kind of global organization I was being groomed to work for, and at the time we didn't have a name for it, but now it's known as the WEF, or the World Economic Forum. Um, a bunch of culture creators and things like that um, also come along with it, but, um, you know, this, this push into transhumanism, transhumanism um, the move out of magic into technology, um, that's all signifying this change of uh, power, if you will. Right. Yes. I've heard you mention this thing about um, magic uh, being replaced by technology, which we'll talk about a bit later on. I, I mean, I'm so eager to cut, cut to the chase and get the money shot that I, I, I may sort of I may shoot my bolt, as it were. Uh, so I think let's start at the beginning, shall we? And you can tell me about how you came to be. I mean, how you, uh, tell me about your early life. Well, um... I was selected when I was about four um, and put in programs from there. Uh, the way it kind of works is I call it, well, it's called programs, projects, and cults. So on one side you have programs, on the other side you have cults, and in between the two of them are pro projects. And projects are what they put out into the public, and then the programs are experimentation that they do um, outside of the public eye, and then cults are you know, the organizations that hold them all together, so various religions, um, literal cults, uh, what you guys know as like Freemasons and Rosicrucians and Eastern Stars, all of those would fall under cults, uh, Knights Templar going all the way back. <laughs> so, uh, but so you, you say you, you were selected, so yes. that implies as a, as a, what, as a sort of committee, but presumably the reason you were on the select under consideration for selection in the first place was because you belonged to the right bloodline, is that right? Not really, actually. By the time, you know, I was born in 1980, and by the time I was born, they were definitely working outside of the bloodlines. The bloodlines had lost a lot of their significance by that time. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's probably started to fizzle out between the 60s and 70s, and, you know, by the 90s and early 2000s, it was pretty irrelevant, really. They would select, um, you know, that's why they had all of the, the testing programs through schools like MESA and um, the gifted program and all those different things was to try and select children with um, what they call hypersensory perceptions. So, um, oh. you know, senses that are beyond regular humans, right? And then they bring them in and they train them in magic and they train them in these various, uh, you know, aspects of psychology and spirituality that they don't train everybody else in. And then we went through, like, basically testing programs. So um, 
I'm, I'm jumping around a bit here, but going back to when I was four, I was exhibiting hypersensitivity perceptions. Um, it got back to, you know, members of my family who were involved with the cults. They brought me to a place to be tested. Turned out I did have these things, and so I was put into programs from that point. And what um, skills could you, did you have? What could you do? Uh, very good at creating a self-induced OBE or out-of-body experience, right? Being able to lift my soul out of the body and travel around in that way. Um, borderline psychic, things of that nature, even from a very young age. So they basically notice that you can do these things, and instead of um, convincing you that you can't, they nurture those abilities. They train you how to use them, and then um, basically get you to use them for them, right? Or use the abilities for the organization. Right. Okay. So, so, although it's not essential that you are from one of the bloodline families, and I suppose we ought to explain what the bloodline families are, oughtn't we, just briefly for those who don't know. So if you go back, you know, 13,000 years ago, that, that was very important because that's how they were like trying to maintain a genetic strain, trying to maintain wealth and power into certain families. Um, sometime after World War II, the importance of that started to, to go away. They were, um, you know, doing this rollover out of, you know, what I call magic into technology, um, starting to release all of that. And so they needed a, basically a bigger testing ground. They also needed more disposable humans because a lot of the time they didn't want to have to dispose of their own children, their own relatives, after putting them through these testing. So they would start, you know, just taking from the general population. Um, people who exhibited those abilities and testing them that way. Um, all of this is now kind of public, like this used to all kind of happen in secret, but now it's all kind of public, like it's all the testing that's gone into the DARPA programs and, and the IARPA programs, which is a CIA version of the same thing, um, as well as various programs like that all over the world. But when they first started doing human testing, they never had any approval for that, so they were more or less, you know, using children like myself or um, other children that they identified, training them, testing them against various things. So, I mean, it's a bit like a sort of nastier real-life version of Harry Potter, isn't it? That, that, a little bit, that yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, the, the experience isn't, isn't as bad as some people think, and the people involved maybe aren't as, you know, outwardly evil as people might think as well. Obviously, in the grander scheme of things, I, I think people are evil based on what they do, and based on what they do, they are evil people. But, um, you know, the the reason why it works is they, they tell us that we're special, right? I always call it like the dangling carrot system. You willingly participate because there's always a dangling carrot there, right? Who doesn't want to be, you know, let in on all the secrets? Who doesn't want to be taught magic, especially with little kids, right? So yeah. keeping us quiet is actually pretty easy because they just play on our ego to get us to do it. Um, I think I lost track of your question there, but yeah, so. well, it doesn't matter. Um, so, so were you were you being trained up with other kind of wizards, as it were, with other other similarly talented kids? Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know thousands if not hundreds of thousands all over the world who this would be you know it's literally every human being has the capability it was they would catch you know humans who were exhibiting it not knowing what they were doing and then train them um in what they were doing right 
and then with the rest of you, just kind of make you believe that it's only fiction and you can't do it. All the while, like the, the testing and everything, what they were doing was figuring out how it all worked well enough that they could duplicate it with technology. So now we're at the point where they're selling us back all the technology that they developed based on studying human psychic abilities and human um, metaphysical ability. And they've turned it all into technology, which they have the on and off switch for and they have control over, right? And so they've slowly programmed us to believe we're not capable of these things while replacing all of those abilities, if you will, with technology so that we're dependent on the technology and not independent. Okay, so um, who are these people and how many of them are there? I, I don't really have a number. Um, in terms of who they are, they're, they're you know, it's, it's almost like uh, a cult above all the rest of the cults and organizations. So some of them are lawyers, some of them are doctors, some of them are Freemasons, some of them are Rosicrucians, some of them are anything you could possibly name. And then, you know, their job within any of those organizations is just to report to the top of the pyramid. But um, as I've said, like, what people know as the Illuminati and a lot of the reason, you know, I can speak about it and the books got written about it and the information came out to the public is this switchover, where it's now the corporations running things, using technology. It really doesn't matter what I tell you today, it won't hurt them because they've yes. gone past a lot of those practices, which is why they've allowed it to come out the way that they have it's a part of a magician's trick they have to tell you what they're doing and what they've I, done i yeah i see that i see i see that they have to sort of reveal revelation of the method is part of their sort of karmic protection isn't it yeah and most of my blog is in what they have done it's not in what they're doing so much what i talk about now is more what they're doing right and um because there's no way for me to prove that I've been through what I've been through and that I know what I know, the what I've always said is that proof would be in the result. That if right. I was correct, then the model that I have for the world should, you know, reflect that. And since 2015, I'm batting a thousand, so obviously um, I, I, I call that proof in the result, which is really the only kind of proof I can prove I can offer to people. So it just seems odd to me that. People who've ruled the world in various forms for thousands of years could suddenly cede place in the early 21st century to a bunch of technocrats. Surely, that, surely it's the same people behind all this. Well, yeah. I mean, um, the changeover is really just the one that I said, the difference between them using magic to enforce these things, which is harder with a growing population, right? Um, and switching over to technology, which becomes easier because they can broadcast whole, let's call them mind control signals over an entire city at a time, right? So, but I mean, they've done a pretty good job of 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 brainwashing us over over the millennia and, and controlling us. I mean, very few people controlling the many, using what presumably um, the sort of the magic of the Babylonian mystery religions, that kind of thing? Uh, if you want to call it that, I mean, they, they practice a bunch of different systems of magic, as I would put it, right? Um, but the idea is mostly psychology. It's mostly about causing us to create the future that they want to see, right? Like, say, the, the apocalypse in the Bible is what we're literally living through now, and that's how it has all happened, as they put it, almost like installing a hologram into us, 
that we then project onto the world and we make it real. And um, right, yeah, I have heard this one before from from um, from people that that they say. I mean, I'm I'm a Christian, by the way, so I I don't really buy into this. And you're probably going to tell me I'm completely wrong, and that actually the world is run by aliens, or whatever. But but um, I have heard it said oh yeah that 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 it's not that the biblical prophecy is being fulfilled it's that it's that these people are using the bible and just sort of copying all the all the best bits all the dramatic best bits as, as a way of kind of controlling us is that is that your line well the way that the programming works is they give us the story and then they give us a bunch of things to support the story and then we kind of create that for them and um you know kind of much like the way that they're creating the new religion out of, um, you know, aliens and, and things of that nature. Um, it starts by putting it out in story form and getting us to kind of believe the story or want to believe the story. And then over the time, they can kind of make it a little bit more plausible for us and then eventually just tell us this is the way that it is and we all believe it and so on and so on. It takes several generations, a long period of time, and it happens in steps, but where we're at right now is the result of that story that they put in front of us, you know, 2,000 or so years ago. Right. So, I mean, just, just to be clear, I, I take it you are not a Christian. You, you, do you believe in God? I believe in God, and I don't believe that God is what they believe either, right? Like, I think that um, this organization that we call the Illuminati is very wrong about a lot of things, um, but very right about a lot of other things. So I wouldn't say that I'm a Christian or that I follow any religion. I believe that, um, you know, our <clears throat> what we call a universe, the, the universe is God, and I think that our planet is almost like, you know, the human idea of a demigod or a separate, a second, a secondary consciousness involved in that so in our case because we're incarnated on earth we kind of have a, a three-tier system where it's you know whatever we call god or source or the universe um, the planet itself and then our souls that exist outside of all of this so um and, and the combination of those three things that's the holy trinity are what you know manifest our reality and on right. each planet you have a kind of collective reality and because ours has been shaped with, you know, very specific stories, we have a result that matches those stories. Right. I see. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of slightly surprised. We, we, we can go into this a bit later on, but I'm, I'm slightly surprised because, you know, I've, I've obviously spent quite a bit of time down the rabbit hole trying to work out what's really going on, who's really in charge, where it's all coming from. And it seems to me that what's missing from your take on the world, which, which may, be, may be correct for all I know, um, is the, what I would see as the, the spiritual battle between good and evil, between the God and the devil or whatever. I mean, I, I know I've, I've heard you describe the devil as kind of a, a sort of illusory thing, which has more to do with, with our kind of... with energy harvesting and stuff but yeah so so tell me about your sort of your 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 spiritual world view well i mean every planet's different where this planet is at right now and its kind of evolution is a type of spiritual battle right it's a 
we're basically leaving kind of man-made morality and moving into something that is more of a universal or God-based morality, um, almost like we're going through an evolution. And, um, yeah, so the way that I see, you know, our, our idea of God and our idea of the devil is that we've personified things. There's a lot of complication there because it's a, a created story that's based on a true idea, right? And, um... But ultimately, what what's you know we are being tested against is whether we choose the light or we choose the dark, whether we choose you know God or we choose what you know Christians might call the Antichrist, which is this technology, whether we choose um, natural law and um, the evolution that the planet is going through and allow ourselves to um, harmonize with that, or whether we take this transhumanist path and and couple ourselves with technology to try and better ourselves that way. It's two paths that both have um, kind of an equal potential, but it's very much like, say, in, the, in uh, Star Wars, where the path to the dark side, the technology, is easier, yeah. uh, and, and the path to the, on the light side takes more discipline and more responsibility, but you can become equally powerful on either side. So that's kind of the spiritual battle that we're in, is do we focus on nature and God and then hear that frequency and allow ourselves to change along with that, which could lead us to, you know, what might be considered ascended abilities or at least some type of uh, um, deeper connection to, you know, God or the planet, whatever you want to conceptualize that as, or do we, um, you know, follow the path that the transhumanists are clearly trying to push us down, the people that came out of the Illuminati and are now the Umbrella Corporation want us to go, which is to abandon all of that, you know, connection to God, connection to nature, and yeah. focus on, you know, our man-made creation of, of technology. So um, that's kind of the manifestation of the choice that we're playing. And then, yeah, the, the battle is obviously in the hearts and the minds of everyone here. Yes. I, I, I don't know whether you've read... C.S. Lewis's um, science fiction trilogy. The, the the final book is is that hideous strength. Um, and he he wrote it, he wrote it in the nineteen fifties. And obviously um, Lewis was a great Christian apologist. Um, but uh, his his metaphor that he used in in the book for uh, for what's happening is quite similar to to what you've just described. That the only, the only the only element missing, I would say, is that I would explain what you're describing in terms of man's attempts to replace God, to write God out of the equation, by by creating heaven on earth using technology or you know their bastardized bastardized version of heaven, and you see this across the board. I mean, you see it in the pharmaceutical companies. How do they how do they make their money? They 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 make it by synthesizing or claiming to synthesize products which are equal in efficacy to the the ones that are already here, which are natural and less easy to patent, and and, and so on and so forth. So everything is about destroying nature, destroying man, and replacing it with something else. Yeah. So um, you know we're basically going through a split in humanity right like we're 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 evolving and anytime that we go through an evolution there's always a split in the you know human race and so the split is you know if you want to characterize this in a religious sense you know 
the difference between God and the devil, right? The difference between nature and um, and machine or you know our artificial creation, and that is exactly kind of what the you know proverbial they believe. They don't believe that there is you know a God, right? And so therefore it's their job to be God, right? And and their way to be God is to, you know, basically create what they see God as, as a geneticist and someone who creates technologies because, you know, we call it nature, but it is a type of technology at the end of the day. So they're just basically replacing or taking over the rule, the, the, the role of God, playing gods, being gods. But surely, has... you, surely they, they believe in God. They just, just hate him, don't uh, they? Not the way that you do, no. No, they don't. Um, it's actually something I wrote into my blog that, you know, the the idea of, like, where the soul is actually lined, they think that it is in genetics, and that's why they have so much of a fo focus on genetics. Even the Illuminati and their bloodlines were based on that type of belief, right? And so it's that you're kind of reincarnating back in your own bloodline or being... Um, what was the word? They put it in a movie. Uh, a reoccurrence as opposed to a reincarnation is a lot of what they believe. And that's why they're interested in things like cloning and, um, and, and uh, rewriting genetics, CRISPR technology, things like that. Have you seen that picture of that pharaoh who looks exactly like Obama? Yeah, I remember that theory. Um, yeah. What, what do you reckon? Uh, well, uh, that sort of thing is something that they've been doing for a long time. I call them test tube babies. People often refer to them as clones. I think that there's a difference between a clone and a, a genetic recreation or a GMO person. But, um, you know, whether or not he is actually that, I don't know that he is a, let's say, natural human. Um, yeah, it, there is something. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I'm trying not to name names because that can get me in trouble, but there's certain celebrities out there who, you know, their mom and dad isn't really their mom and dad. Basically what it is is they've taken genetics and a test tube and mixed them together, a Petri dish and mixed them together, um, and in some type of an artificial womb, um, grown this child that is now your pop star or your actor or your... Um, so-and-so. This has been going on for quite a while, and there's, um, if you look through Hollywood, there's a lot of examples of, you know, a bunch of, like, say, female actresses who look spookily similar, and that's because they actually do come from the same genetics. Um, yeah, so that, 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 I, that level of cloning they've been doing for a long time. Right, yeah, I wondered, I mean, that's, that's a, quite a rabbit hole, that one, but it's, I mean, Okay, these people, call them the Illuminati, whatever you, what you want to call them. The, the, one of the main ways they maintain their control over millions of people, billions of people who would otherwise, you know, if they knew what was going on, they, they, they wouldn't like it. Uh, so we're, we're constantly under a spell, aren't we? We're constantly deceived. And one of the ways they do this is by controlling the entertainment industries. and the, So am I right in thinking that most of the key figures in Hollywood, for example, the, the, the big stars are in on the, they're part of this, this kind of system you're talking about, where they get pre-selected or maybe even 
bred for, for, the, for the job that they do? Many are bred, um, pre-selectors selected as children and then run through like some type of modified MKUltra program in order to keep them, you know, good little servants of the, the cult of Dionysus or Hollywood. Um, yeah, it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of case by case as well. I wouldn't say that it's all of them, but it's, you know, the most of them. And there's, you know, you could become, you know, an organically, say, not born, bred, groomed to be an actor. You can just be a, a human being who's very good at it. But you'll kind of only get so far unless you join their cult at some point in time. And then in terms of how much they're in on it, um, it's very heavily compartmentalized. The lie is different at every level. And most of the people who are actually operating the projects in the world don't really know everything either, right? So um, there is like a, even within their own ranks, the information is heavily occulted. Right, yes. So, so you're saying that it's not impossible, you know, had, had I been younger and, and more talented with a guitar, say, and better at singing and better looking, um, I, had I really put my mind to it and I practiced a lot, and worn the right clothes, I could have become a pop star, a rock star, without being um, a selected member of the Illuminati, selected from the age of four, or whatever. Yeah. So um, you know, like we we hear them use the expression when it happens, a cult-like following, right? And that's that's kind of their way of identifying the bands that aren't in their cult. They just have a cult-like following. Oh, right? I see. Because if you think of like at the top level, you know that the the, the the cult-like following of Saya Taylor Swift and how manufactured that is, right? Like how absolutely insane and out of control that is. You don't see an organic band get that big, but they do have their own, you know, cult-like following. That is a, a fervent fan base that follows them around, all of that type of thing. And so if that happens organically, then they'll just try to infiltrate it. Um, a good example would be something like Public Enemy, right, where they then bring in the CIA to start dropping information to those guys so they start rapping about that information and, and so on, right? Um, Britney Spears and uh, the various levels of mind control we've seen her break out of and go back under and then what they did with her as a result, that's a good poster person for, you know, how those cults treat these people and what happens once they break them, right? Because the, the mind can only take so much reprogramming before it breaks and that's what we see in Britney. So what, what do you think happened with, give me the short version, but what, what happened with Britney? Well, if you remember um, several years ago, she had a bit of a breakdown where she went and she shaved her head and all of that. Um, just before that, they did a, a public ritual um, with Madonna and Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears, where you see Madonna walk down a, a Masonic flight of stairs with a top hat on and... Um, they had Britney obviously as a blonde, Christina had just dyed her hair black, and Madonna comes down the stairs and puts the hat on Britney. So that was basically, within the cults, they have their goddess, and they call that the Madonna. And the original one was Madonna. And so what we were watching there was basically her passing off that torch, if you will, to Britney. And so just after that is when Britney had her first breakdown, and they call that, it's like an MK Ultra mind control slip. And we see this in celebrities pretty often. Um, 
And so she went a little bit nuts, and then she disappeared for a while, and she came back, and she was a good little Britney Spears for quite a while. Again, after that new album, all of that. Um, and then eventually, you know, her brain broke, is what happens. It's like, after so many times of them putting you through all of that MK Ultra, your brain will just straight up stop accepting it. And you appear crazy, which is what happened there. And why do they do these mind control things on these, on these pop stars? To make them do what they want them to do, right? To keep them, you know, keep them performing, keep them saying the right things, doing the right things, all of that to provide an image to a bunch of young girls, right? And um, if you think about that particular time she came out, why she became the new Madonna, and the Madonna before her, it was about sexualizing children, right? Yes. And, um, yeah, and, and Britney coming out, you know, with as she did in like a schoolgirl outfit and, and, and everything, they, they use that as an agenda. So, so yeah, we, what, what, do, what, what do the, the Illuminati call us, ordinary people? It was funny because I wrote that into the blog and then Klaus Schwab went ahead and said it. <clears throat> Useless eaters or okay. things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, so, piglets is another one. What's uh, sorry? Piglets, like little piggies. Pig yeah, um, things of that nature, yeah. It's actually been really interesting because in my blog I talk a lot about, you know, what, how they're going to pull this all off and now I hear Klaus Schwab like literally just repeating lines out of that blog, right? Like, you will own nothing and you will be happy, as an example. And they will make you want yourself, like, uh, the slavery or the servitude that you're going to give them. They will make you want the new technology. They will make you want all these things. The virtual reality is where it all leads, right? The metaverse. Yeah. People call it depopulation, but it's actually repopulation. They want the, they want us at about 14 billion people, but they want us at about 14 billion people in small little 15-minute cities. So we need to repopulate the planet with people who will go along with that and want that. Right, and any of the people who don't, well, they're expendable. You've got to hand it to these bastards, um, of which you were one once, <laughs> kind of. But I was thinking about this. I was thinking, I grew up in a world where I remember the 1970s and the 1980s and the 90s, when it really did feel like the world was was a pretty good place to be. You know, you could you could fly all over the you know travel became easier and cheaper and all these wonderful parts of the world you go to and and you thought it was just going to get better and better the only, the only problem being that your favorite beach might be you know um overpopulated next year or whatever but you'd find a new place and so how they managed i mean i'm talking about the illuminati here to persuade people well people my age and younger uh, specifically uh, particularly how they persuaded them that actually no it's a good idea not to not to go on on lovely holidays to exotic places in the world, but actually you should feel bad about this, and you should actually desire for air travel to be curtailed, and you should you should be happy about airports closing, and you should be happy about the damage to the local economies brought about by this. You, you know, the, you you've got to hand it to them; they brainwashed us something rotten, didn't they, into into acting against our interests. And that's, that's basically how it has all worked. Um, you know, the fascists, they, they come in and they basically tell you that you're beautiful and anyone who doesn't see that is ugly, right, or is a monster. 
and we need to fight the monsters. And um, that's exactly what is going on in Western civilization these days with, you know, they call it woke ideology, but, um, you know, that is a satanic belief system if you roll it back a hundred years, right? It's what these cults used to practice. Um, you know, all of their iconography of, you know, hermaphrodites and um, humans with both parts and, the, and, the, and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, now we see it. It's it's very mainstream, right? It's it's people are not only accepting it, they're championing it, they're fighting for it, they're throwing protests in the streets in defense of it. They we have a whole month to celebrate it, right? So um, yeah, it's very clever the way that they've kind of over time made us want it by you know selling it as something good, and but don't worry about the side effects. Right? Yeah. Oh, they've completely mainstream, mainstreamed um, sort of androgyny. And I mean, people like I used to think were great, like David Bowie. I now think he was, he was working for, the, for you a lot, wasn't he? Well, that's, you know, that's an example because, you know, they can just inspire him to do things and then he does them, right? It's not even like they, he needs to be in on the gag. Not to say that he wasn't, just saying he doesn't need to be, right? Is um, they can just inspire, especially now. They can, you know, they basically they run their celebrities like puppets now. That's why they all parrot the same stuff. There's basically no real brain there of their own. They're just, um, you know, playing their role. And you know, the the beginnings of that with you know David Bowie being a great example. You know, he probably within himself thought he was coming up with great ideas and being innovative and all of those things, not really realizing the long, long-term effects of that. Right. Yeah. So where does the, where, where are the controllers exactly and how do they exert their control? Well, um, nowadays it's, you know, all of these corporations kind of all together, they have, you know, secret meetings. Some of them, you know, we've had examples of them disclosed to the public, like Bohemian Grove, right? Like, that's an example of how they would get together. Um, obviously, they can't do it there now because everyone knows that they do that. But, like, um, it's just an example of how they would do it. A lot of the people who are actually in charge and who have been in, actually in charge, we don't know their names in the public. They don't have Google accounts or Wikipedia pages or anything like that for us to even find on the Internet, let alone, you know, name. If we know their names, they're probably a step or two down the pyramid. And is there, a, um, like a, a king of the world? Is there an ultimate ruler? Not anymore. No. <laughs> that was a very specific answer. What? Okay. So there was. Was he? Was he? Was he the, the black pope or something like that? No, but there, like there, there has been. Like you'd have to go back probably about 13,000 years to say like who our like last like individual ruler would have been um, for the last 13,000 years it's been a kind of committee of these cults right and um, uh, in my blog I talk about a group called the parents who again it's a group of people that kind of controlled all of that like all of the, the public mechanisms of that um, but even within there system there isn't a one person it's kind of a, it is still just a majority vote 
um, all of it was a long-term plan. Like the, the plan for the last 13,000 years has been in place for 13,000 years. We're just happen to be at the end of it now. And so we're seeing it roll out or we're seeing it come to its close and we're seeing them implement you know, where it was meant to lead, which is one world government, one world religion, one world language, one world currency, one world everything. And, um, you know, they created the hippie movement who loves the idea, right? They created the new age movement who loves the idea. Even the, um, you know, ET or extraterrestrial sympathizers out there and that whole movement, they love the idea of all of this, right? It is that Star Trek Galactic Council, Galactic Federation idea that, um, you know, is the Illuminati idea or that long-term plan. Yeah, so they plant these ideas in the culture and make us think that they are our own or that they've evolved organically. Yeah. Yeah. You see that very much with the whole green movement. I mean, people think that it's just like, it's, it's, it's angry, angry kids like, like Greta Thunberg getting up and, and, and being, you know, feeling empowered to, to protest. It's just rubbish. It's, it's all from the top. It was planned decades ago. Yeah, Nazis used young girls like Greta too. It's not a, it's not a new playbook, right? Yeah, Gre I mean, they didn't even bother to hide it, did they? With those, with those pigtails. Yeah, it's uh, like you know, we say it very specifically. It's a battle for the hearts and minds, and we put it in that order specifically because the heart is the easiest one to kind of drive up or make you know um, so potently or um, drive so much energy from it that your mind stops working. So the way that I would say it is, is like they, they take two shots at the heart, which makes you cover the heart, protect your heart, your feelings, right, is what I mean by that. Meanwhile, they're punching us in the head with every third shot. And so we're, we're kind of losing our ability to think rationally and logically and use our minds because our emotions are so heightened. And if you just look at society, you'll see that that's exactly what, why we are where we are at. People like me who were raised by them, we were taught the trivium method as an, exist, as an example, where your feelings is just information. You take that as it comes, you call it information, you set it off to the side, and then you get all the logic and you get all the reason in place. Once you have the logic and reason in place, then you bring back those feelings and you compare them to how you feel once you've processed that logic and reason. And then that's your true feelings and you can act on those. But what they do is they get everybody all up in their feelings. And the problem is, when we're in our feelings, we stop listening to things properly. If you're listening to this talk right now and I say something you like, you immediately start hearing beep, and you stop hearing the words that come out of my mouth. If I say something you don't like, you immediately start hearing beep, and you stop hearing the noises that come out of my mouth. That's because I've hit your emotions in some way on either end of that spectrum and driven that to the point where your mind stops working. And that's exactly what they do to, the, to everybody now and why politics are in the state that they are. So the, the trivium was the sort of the basis of medieval scholastic, medieval university system, wasn't it? Yeah. So presumably one of, the, one of the things they worked out that they would have to dismantle the trivium as part of their, their ongoing war on... Absolutely. And even um, the difference between Jungian psychology and Freudian psychology, that's, uh, you know, in a bloodline level, that's what my family was directly uh, related to, is things like the Jehovah's Witness and Scientology and Freud and Jung and controlling all of that narrative to make sure that it's the one we wanted to put forward, right? So that's why Freud got 
championed the way that he did because it does that to everybody, right? It brings everybody into their more perverse nature. Oh, you just do that because you want to hump your mom, right? <laughs> Things of that nature. It brings you down into feelings, um, teaching people your perception is reality, your truth is the truth, all of these things that keep you in your feelings, and we can play with your mind while that's happening, right? And that's how they've made people basically vote for what they wanted them to vote for, is they go after the feelings. Even, you know, I'm not to make it a sexist argument, but even the idea of, like, getting women into the voting process is because they know that women would make emotional votes, right? And so that's why we see it with all of the politics, politicians ever since they focus on emotion, not on logic and reason. And people are now voting for emotion, not logic and reason. And the result is what it is. This seems to me to be not... This is psychopathic behavior. This is not, this is not normal human behavior. These are not like us. Well, maybe no, like, but, not like but, me anyway. I don't know about you. You may, may still be a psychopath. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well that, that's another part of the topic. And a lot of the part of the, the bloodlines and keeping it that way was to develop psychopathy in the first place. Right, so if you take something like um, the most common version people know as SRA or satanic ritual abuse, if you every third generation becomes a psychopath, right? You traumatize this generation, they do it to their kids, they do it to their kids, and their kids are psychopaths. They're devoid of empathy, psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists. They've literally bred this into the public, and you know when they started dissolving the bloodlines, that was so that we had. You don't have to be from the Illuminati to be a psychopath or a sociopath or a narcissist. A lot of people are narcissistic these days. A lot of people are sociopathic these days, right? So it is kind of like an infection that they put into the public. Um, and, you know, it, to their advantage, they don't have a conscience, they don't have feelings, they don't feel bad about what's happening or what they do, right? So they're able to carry out these heinous actions without questioning them or stopping so the reason why like I, I use that moniker the ruiner because they gave it to me and a lot of that came from you know me getting to these points where I would just say no like I'm not going to do that right I don't care that I can I, I don't care what you're offering me I'm just not going to do that because I do have empathy and I don't like hurting people and you know the dangling carrot worked on me in that I like secrets I wanted to know more I wanted to see the stuff that they have, right? When it came to me actually doing things to people, I wouldn't do it. And what so, sort of things? <clears throat> as an example, you know, there's a lot of like sex-based rituals that when I was a child and I was um, used for, and then when I became a teenager, they wanted me to jump to the other side of that fence and start doing, and I just wouldn't. You know, I'm not going to do any of those things to other people. And so um, that would be like an example or, you know, using a, an ability that I have to actually harm somebody, right? I, I would, would refuse things like that. If it were, you know, a more competition-based thing, like say within the program, myself and another, you know, male that is equally trained, so to speak, I would, you know, do whatever they wanted. But for me to go to, like, say, an innocent person who is completely unaware and do it to them, I wouldn't do things like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess to tie, tie things up um, with that, like, I obviously 
was a child. I didn't really know what was going on. I was about 13 when I started to realize how evil and fucked up this all was and tried to get out the first time. Um, I was unsuccessful. I got a few people killed by telling them things that I shouldn't say. So that discouraged me and brought me back into a place where I was willing to keep playing along with them, you know, within my own boundaries. And then at about 19, I decided, you know, I'm just not going to do this. I don't want my, like, I, I became a father at 18. I didn't want this to get passed on to my own kids. And so I, I was basically ready to kill myself to get out of it. And so that was when they basically negotiated a deal with me where if I did a certain, you know, set of things, I could get out and they would just let me out. And part of that um, was putting me in an organization that was collecting paranormal experiences from people. So basically we were going around, I was in Canada, I did a little bit in the States, but mostly in Canada, going around um, collecting physical evidence, uh, collecting stories from people who had, you know, possessions, poltergeists, ghosts, hauntings of various things, alien experiences, abduction experiences, all of that type of, uh, Bigfoot sightings, anything that kind of, kind of fall, falls under that. And um, this was happening in the, in the you know, late 90s early 2000s so we just had the x-files right so it was basically like we were we were living the x-files what we were told was that we were going to collect all of this information and they were going to make it an education packages for schools so they were going to teach humanity that you know the soul exists outside of the body life after death exists all of this stuff they know is true they were going to actually teach this in schools so i was more than happy to do that job Right? I was more than happy to go to people and, and use my powers of persuasion to get them to tell me stuff that they wouldn't normally tell someone, get them to give me materials, things of that nature, because I thought that it was all going to end up coming right back to humanity. And then when we were done, they let me know that, no, that's all going into a vault. We don't want anyone to ever find any of that stuff. Right? So that's an example of how they work with us, too. Yeah, they just like dicking people over. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it, it's more than just expediency, isn't it? There's a, there's a sort of sadistic relish in some of the stuff that they do. Well, of course, and I mean, you know, like you, a lot of people when they start getting into conspiracy research, they talk about like joining Freemasons or joining a fraternity like that to get into those secrets, right? We love stories. We love storytelling. Humans love stories so much they tell them to themselves while they sleep. And so a lot of people who may not think that they would be attracted into something like this, if you don't know where the end is, those earlier steps are actually pretty entertaining, very enlightening, not bad by any real standard, and very inviting to most people, right? It's, it's, it's different now, but if I came to a person in, like, say, 97 and told them all about the Illuminati, right? Most people didn't know what it was at that point in time. And nine out of ten people would have wanted to join because, yeah, I want to be trained in magic. Yeah. I want all of this thing. It's when it comes at the price of, oh, we're also going to require you to rape people, right? That's where someone like me would draw a line. But because I was already so far into it, they had to figure out how to deal with me once I wouldn't cross that line, right? Y yes. There does actually seem to be a, a I, I don't know whether it's anything to do with Sabbatean Frankism or, or whatever, but, or, or sort of dualism, Gnostic dualism, but there seems to be this idea that when you, if ever you do good deeds, you, also, you need to compensate with bad deeds. 
there was a, there was actually a, a sort of moral obligation to do to do evil. Well, um, some believe that the, 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 each cult has their own excuse for why they do the nonsense that they do. Um, some of them really do believe that they're doing God's work. Overall, that's the the idea is that they do believe that they're doing, you know, in absence of there being a real God, then they're doing God's work. So, um, just to rewind a second, you said you got some people killed. Is that because you tried to tell to to tell people what was going on, and they yeah. were bumped off? When I was thirteen, I tried to. I, it was. I, I started with my family doctor because I, you know, I figured I could show him the physical scars and and uh, various things that I have, and 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 so started with that. But then he contacted law enforcement and a psychologist and. Pretty much everyone involved was, um, the doctor wasn't killed, but the police officer was, and one other person involved was, and then um, a relative of mine who I'd also told was. Um, with the doctor, they kind of just ruined his life, and he went into hiding, but yeah, that was my first um, lesson in it's not easy to get out of this. That's extraordinary that they should go to, they should be quite so ruthless in... I mean, you could have, couldn't they have just said, you know, he's a, he's a crazy kid, he's, and rather than killing these people? I made the mistake, at the time I had some very fresh injuries, let's say, and I also showed my doctor my ability to do things that I shouldn't have showed him that I could do. So um, I don't want to go into too much detail of that, just for a variety of reasons, but um, I exhibited things to him that made it undeniable to him. Psychic, before, psychic things. Yes, before they could have done anything. He had actually put together um, a group of psychologists to interview me before they found out that I was talking to him. So they had to do some damage control by the time I they see. did that. Obviously, I, I did, like, even at 13, I, I knew quite a bit about them, so I, I, I got away with it for, like, a couple weeks before they found out. But um, it was basically when... A, a law enforcement got tied into it that I got caught and then that shit rolled downhill so to speak sorry for my language but. so you were so as a as a boy you were seriously repeatedly sexually abused as part of this kind of rituals yes yes um, my first handler was um, between the ages of four and I guess 15 and um, you know I was essentially his pet let's put it that way I don't like. I, I'm not hesitating on this for any other reason than I don't like to glorify any of it. And and there's a, way too many people who listen to this type of information and and enjoy hearing the nasty things that they would do to us. Um, so I try to skip that. You've heard it. You know it. Um, we don't need to rehash it. But it is true. Um, you know. They they feed off of a type of you know sexual energy, and they they feed off of their ability to violate others. So. Um, rape, molestation, whatever word you want to put behind there is um, part of part of the game. Yes, it does seem to me that of all the many secrets in the world that people don't really understand how the world works, they don't, they don't understand history is a lie, science is a lie, um, everything we're told in the newspapers is a lie. But I think the biggest of them all is that people imagine that children are not trafficked in hideous numbers 
and abuse is subject to all manner of. I mean, I'm, I'm right here, aren't I? This this does actually happen. Absolutely. I mean, there's a a very big movie that just came out about it, right? And um, it's it's actively denied and covered up by every politician and lawmaker on the planet because it's absolutely true. Um, that level of perversion. We talked about the mentioned this earlier about them trying to get the age of consent lowered. They're trying to have like legal protections for pedophiles, calling it maps. Um, this is so that they can just do things to have their fun out in the public, as opposed to special islands like Epstein's Island, right? Um, that was actually the first time anyone talked about that publicly. I think it was what was that Pinocchio, the movie, like the the Disney movie Pinocchio, talking about. I think they called it Fantasy Island or something like that, where they were taking little boys to, and they wouldn't come back boys. Ha 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 ha. Oh. And so this isn't. Uh, yeah, it's been. It's not new, and it's definitely real. What what do you think happened on Epstein Island? I mean, what you because know, the way that the way the media reported it about the most terrible thing happened is that Prince Andrew had sex with a seventeen year old escort, you know, provided for him by that particular got... place was mostly about a, a place where the elites can go to play with underage people. That was mostly about, and the way that it was um, all wired up for recording and everything was so that they could you know, have the, the blackmail on any of these people, right? And um, it's another way of handling these people or controlling them is by, you know, giving them what they want and then letting them know that, hey, I've got video of you doing that and if you uh, don't do what I say next election, then I'm going to release that video. Black, just old-fashioned blackmail. But presumably these people... You don't get to that level without already having the compromat well in place. So, so this was just kind of just superfluous, wasn't it? Superfluous compromat. Well, and that's the, re the reason why all this stuff is coming out is because they don't need to do it that way anymore, right? Like they could sacrifice Jeffrey Epstein and that whole organization because they have plenty of other ways to achieve the same goals now, right? <laughs> They've actually taught the public to give up underage sex willingly. Now, they don't have to do that, as an example. They've, um, they've convinced the public to self-sterilize and just not have kids, so they don't need to control that as much now. They've, like I said, the MKUltra, the, the, the programs and the cults are all just under the public now, and we all think that it's just freedom in a, in a lot of cases and, um, you know, uh, a growth beyond that old barbaric way we used to do things again these people are, are clever do they do they have a do they have a weak spot that we can i mean how do we win this one uh, the fact that we are magical beings and they want to play with technology and that we are a soul that exists outside of this whole genetic game that they're so um enamored by right um that's that's where we always win is we you know, you, me, everyone listening to this, you are a soul that exists outside of the body you're currently viewing this from, and nothing can harm, nothing in this world can actually harm that soul. You are making a bunch of choices here that are supposed to, you know, um, exhibit that you remember that. That's, that's kind of what the game is here. So ultimately, um, you know, nature always wins in this way this planet will correct itself no matter what damage they do um 
and when I say correct itself, I mean correct us and it along with it. If that requires, you know, I always call it her shaking her shoulders, meaning the planet just going, okay, humans, get off of me, right? <laughs> Doing yeah. one of those, then that's what she'll do, but I don't think that we need to do that. I think what happens for, for people is the technology becomes a mirror that leads us back to source or God, that leads us back to our own divine abilities, that leads us back to you know, nature in that sense, because we will start recognizing that, you know, the way that that AI system works, my brain, this computer in my head is capable of the same thing. I just need to train it the same way. How did we train the AI? Oh, well, that worked. I bet you I can train myself the same way. And that's what these programs know, knew about people. And that's the way that we were trained, right, is the same way that humans can now choose to do back to themselves. It's a set of tools and like with any tool you can use it to say build a house or you can use it to murder your neighbor. Um, the choice is kind of ours at this point. So, Yes, but given that they are, I mean I, I agree with you that we're all blessed with, well I mean I would argue that we're made in God's image so of course we're pretty amazing. We've got this, the, like we've got an, our immune system, we don't need Big Pharma at all. Big Pharma's business model is based on destroying our immune system and then, then pretending to pick up the pieces and, and, and the loads of other examples I, I could give. Um, but we also know that these people, whatever the, the name of the, of the institution is, which you can't tell me, <laughs> I'm dying to know. Corporation. What, the, the, the Umbrella Corporation, okay. Yeah, that was a Canadian series, wasn't it? Uh, it comes from the video game Resident Evil. Actually. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's um, in Resident Evil, the video game, it's a fictional series, obviously, and the Umbrella Corporation is fictional, but it is the blueprint for what they've done, where the corporations will take over medical, military, law, everything, right? And then, um, in the, obviously, in that fictional universe, it becomes one corporation, like a World Economic Forum, that then controls all of that, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, we've got all these amazing abilities. Um, which we could exploit, but do we not know that they've been poisoning us every which way? For I mean, they 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 bombard us with, you know, they, they poison our water supplies. They we've got chemtrails. Who's it, who's in charge of chemtrails, by the way? Who 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 funds that? Where does that? Uh, it's a global effort. They're doing it everywhere, right? So it's a. The Umbrella Corporation, I guess, all of yeah. them. Um, yeah. But isn't it amazing that one particularly how they've kept that one secret? I mean, I mean, it's, it's only it's only kind of wacko conspiracy theorists who know about them. Everyone else thinks that they're just called contrails. Well, yeah, that whole you know it it starts with the the basic mind control. Your perception is reality, right? Your truth is the truth. Um, there is no objective reality outside of yourself. If you can get people to believe that, you can also deny what they see right in front of their face, right? And tell them, no, you don't, right? Which is more or less what the government's been doing for a long time. Shane, I see this so much with, with, with I suppose, people I would characterize as normies. I mean, including members of my family. You can, you can tell them stuff. You can show them stuff. And they don't see it. Yep. And that's it. That's that, um, you know, it all sounds nice hippy-dippy in its own way, right? Oh, my truth is the truth, right? Like Bollocks. All of that type of stuff at all, but not understanding, it, it works like a brain parasite, and it infects the way that you look at everything. 
and you immediately start filtering everything through this very narcissistic filter where everything is fitting into what you want it to be, what you expect it to be, not what it is. People aren't looking for the truth, they're looking to validate their own feelings. And um, yeah, that, that's why and how it works. So I, I interrupted myself with the, with the, with the, the chemtrail sidetrack. What, what I was really coming to, to asking you was, okay, we've got these amazing abilities, but aren't they putting all these things, I mean, 5G, for example, 5G is going to seriously fuck with our, with our energy, isn't it? It's going to be with our, with our, with our heads and everything. Well, 5G enables them to be able to basically remote influence any of us, right? Like the, the idea of, you've probably heard of targeted individuals and direct energy weapons and the ways that they would manipulate individuals in the past, you know, targeted individuals is all of us now. And they have um, broadband frequencies, which are called 5G and soon to be 6G, um, all connected to CERN. And then what that does is it puts out frequencies that actually affect what we see, hear, smell, taste, all of the above. And um, yeah, uh, they can't actually take any of these abilities away. They can just bury us in so many other frequencies that we don't develop our own relationship with it, right? And, yeah. Um, you know, we don't, we're waiting for them to come along and teach us things that we are capable of learning on our own. Um, and so on and so forth. I, I teach a magic class, and the reason why I do that is because, like, I was taught well over a dozen different systems of magic. They all have, like, gatekeepers in place, something that is required, and if it's not there, you can't perform the magic, right? Whether that's some entity outside of you, a specific element to your ritual, something a piece that could be taken away that makes the whole system unusable, right? But we can circumvent all of that. Um, all of it is basically based on keeping these um, disembodied entities alive and useful, where we're the ones generating the energy, and so we should be the ones responsible for it. And so, um, yeah, it's the way I explain it is I basically did the same thing Bruce Lee did with martial arts, or because I've learned so many of them, I actually use his phrase of adopt what is useful, discard what is not, and then every individual should add what is inherently your own, right? And that's the part of our teachings that we don't get, that religion takes away from us, and a lot of other things come away from us. Your relationship with God is your own, and that should not be dictated by me or your priest or your minister or any gatekeeper between you and God, right? That should be a direct line you and God. Um, all of these systems of magic, just like all of these belief systems or religion, always put someone in the middle, right? Whether that's the church or whether that's the, the mystery school, someone has to be there to facilitate it to you. And that's the part that we have wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to cheapen what you do but, but, but by asking you this question, but I'm going to have to ask, what, 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 what kind of magic stuff can you do? Me personally? Yeah. What I can do, what I do do, are two two totally totally different things. Um, what can you do? I have been able to do just about anything that you've seen in a movie, to be honest. Um, a lot of it requires violating what I consider to be natural laws, usually violating other people. So I don't do a lot of it. Um, and so the way that I teach it is basically 
it's like going to a gym and sparring and training to fight without actually intending to fight. Right. Yeah. So it'll teach you like all the skills that I would need. It's basically all the things that I've learned to do in order to keep those skills present, but have them turned off enough that I don't accidentally use them. Right. Like um, the example I give people is like, say I'm in a relationship and I, I want to know where my girlfriend is. I don't think that it's fair for me to remote view her. Right. So, so I wouldn't do that. Right. Right. If I thought she was lying to me, I don't think that it's fair to just pull that answer out of her head. So I wouldn't do that as an example. So what? Okay. So you can do you 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 can do remote viewing, like you can see what's going on in another country, another side of the world. Most of that just comes from the simple, like what people call like an out of body experience, right? Being able to remove the soul from the body, travel it around for various things. Um, I've been being able to do things like body swapping with other people in that way, where like say you and I both make the decision that we're both going to do that, so we're both sitting in the room, I leave my body, you leave yours, we swap, and for whatever determined amount of time, I'm you, you're me, and we're getting used to each other's bodies. Can we do that? We we can't do that now, can we? Well, be quite hard. We could, but I like I, I met you today. I, we do. No, I agree. It would be that, but um, you know that's well, that's an, uh, an example of the ability. Even you know what people call remote viewing, which is essentially the same thing as astral traveling, which is really just moving your perception from one place to another and viewing from there. There's two different ways you can do it. One is like considered like a relay system, where you're basically picking up from minds of other people who are in that space what is in that space and then the other would be to remove your soul from your body travel to that space and then bring that information back to your body um, okay so, that would be an example. so we've got mind reading we've got inhabiting some sort of swapping bodies and we've got um, remote viewing any other ones um, influence, um, being able to, you know, control your vocal tones, the, the frequency that you're producing with your voice to, you know, hypnotize or influence people is a type of example. Um, uh, telekinesis, obviously, being able to move things at a difference, uh, at a distance, sorry. Um, even a certain amount of conjuration of being able to conjure material things out of seemingly nothing. Um, technically, you can never get anything out of nothing, but um, you know, if you want a basic breakdown of how that works, is we can kind of imagine almost a holographic representation of, let's say, a sword, right? And we can, we can move energy into that framework, that shape of that sword, and then we can cause that energy to draw in errant matter from the environment. So little flakes of dust, little particulates in the air that we can't see that are too microscopic, but enough of them that they become something solid and then effectively use a sword that you've just conjured. Handy. I mean, does it work? It does. I mean, um, complicated to explain it. It takes a lot of discipline and a lot of... It's like a muscle that if you don't use, you lose. Right, so you, if you're going to do these things, you're going to have to do them on a repetitive basis um, in order to keep up that skill. Yeah, uh, and then there's other things that uh, get complicated to explain. Ties into the holographic nature of the the planet and the fact that the planet itself is a conscious being, 
um, that is determining the collective reality. So she almost has like rules of what we can and can't do and when and we can and can't do them, which does play into the Harry Potter movies as well, apparently, or the books. Uh, I've been told. I haven't read them. But um, there's almost like a set of rules that change over time of how much we can do, right? And, um, and then the other determination would probably be God or Source or whatever. Um, no, you're not allowed to do that type of thing on that particular planet. So. Yeah, natural law. Yeah, which I, which I would I would see as as, as God God given, um, or a, a reflection of of God. Um, tell me about dumbs. Deep underground military bases. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know the military has been building them. There's also a lot of you know this planet has is a lot older than we're told. It's been used by conscious beings for billions of years. So there's, um, in previous times, we've built things underground as well and then rediscovered them in, in current times and started to use them. So there are cities underground in some places. There are what people call dumbs, which have been specifically built by the military. Um, as testing and research facilities and various things like that. And then there are just like ancient structures that used to be on the surface that are now underground um, all over the planet. So, um, Have you been to uh, these places? Yeah, I grew up in most of them. <laughs> I spent most of my childhood in places like that, yeah. What, under, in an underground city? In underground cities and underground facilities of various types, yeah. Well, what, what's it like? I mean, living down there. Well, 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 do you get any uh, natural light? Obviously you don't. Well, how, do, how do they yeah, make up for that? Artificial light sources. The sun in our sky isn't even real right now. It's an artificial light source as an example. But um, we've been able to recreate artificial suns for um, quite some time. It's a, it's a type of technology. So most of the underground facilities use that. Some of them are just like you know regular lighting systems, especially the military ones. They're modernly built, so they've got modern lighting systems in them. But a lot of them, I'm trying to think of something... Like the light bulbs that we see in hieroglyphs on the pyramids and in ancient Egypt, of we still don't know how they were powered, but they do know how they were powered, and a lot of these underground facilities have that type of um, energy what's it, generation or um, gathering, uh, energy gathering type of software that we call electricity up on the surface. So these underground cities, I mean, everyone, everyone in them is basically Illuminati. Yes, yeah, so there's, um, you know, like I said, there's a, a variety. They're not all the same. Um, I'll use one that's like kind of local. Toronto actually has two. The city of Toronto, which is the closest major city to me, Toronto actually has two cities underneath the city. One is actually pretty well known about by, like, public workers in Toronto because basically what it is is... Um, like Toronto was a city, they had um, a series of earthquakes that made it kind of sink a little bit, and the, and then instead of like digging all that up or crushing it all down, they just kind of built the new city over top of it. So the old city is just underneath the new city, and there's cities all over America and probably in the UK as well that that is true. Um, leads to like mud flood theories and Tartarian well, theories, but with with old architecture, attractive yeah. old buildings. Yes, old buildings that are just um, underground now, right, that they've sunk over time um, due to sediment and buildup of, of, you know, earth over hundreds or thousands of years have, you know, 
we find them underground. Um, even the pyramids in Egypt are, you know, further underground than we're aware of, right? Because of the time. Okay, but then, so, like, what what's life like in these places? I mean, do people live, like, conventional human beings, or do they have, spe- you know, is it, is it all, everyone's busy kind of having sex with children and doing, I mean, how does it work? What's the deal? Again, it varies from place to place. Some of them are just open and not really used, but still there. Um... And then some of them would be active in different ways. Um, so a lot of the black ops projects, like the scientists, the researchers, people of that nature who do a lot of the, the work in these, they would live in cities like that. So that they weren't, you know, whistleblowing up here on the, si- on the surface and things like that. It would be like, you know, hey, we're going to hire you for this project. If you sign up for it, it also means you're going to live here, right? Um, so that would be an example. Other ones are just used for, like, you know, the testing and facilitating of the programs. Um, other would be, like, a retirement community. If you were a good little Illuminati member and you wanted to go retire somewhere safe, then you could do it that way. Um, and then everyone's... Oh, they disappear so, people. So, like, Elvis may have gone to live... Or, or these people... These figures who disappear. That could be an example, yes. Wow. And this, so, I mean, are we talking hundreds of thousands of people in these cities, or what? No, that's a lot, um, isn't it? In an individual one, probably not, but if you were to kind of put it all together, then it would get into that kind of numbers, for sure. Um, I guess the, the best example of one that's kind of active and works just like a city um, is in the States, and it's underneath another major city. And, you know, the major city on the surface would have like three million people in it and the one underground would have maybe 3,000. So. And do they sort of pop up and down? I mean, you can, are they allowed out? Is it? Again, there's no one rule to that, but for the most part, no. Right. So, so they, they, I mean, I was just thinking, what do they do for entertainment? And do they read books or do they... Or do they so do they do they so despise the work of useless eaters that they don't really do they live completely different lives? In some cases, they've had their own culture for hundreds or thousands of years, right? So um, it's another thing too is we've had entire populations of humans that have disappeared, right? That just now live their own society underground as well. What, what do you mean? Uh how to do this without mentioning a specific name. Um, kind of like the, like, you know, the mystery of, like, say, the Mayans and how they disappeared, right? Yeah. The common idea is that they, you know, all got smallpox and died off or something to that nature. There's been other people speculate, like, some type of mothership came down and removed them all from the planet. Or they all just got moved to an underground city. Oh, yes. I suppose, yeah. Um, like, Crete. I suppose. Something that. like that, yeah. Or even um, previous versions of humans, like say, you know, not specifically, but just to use them as an example, like what if the Denisovians didn't go extinct? What if they just moved to underground cities and now have their own culture and it's underground or at the bottom of the ocean or something to that extent? And. I heard you mention on another podcast that the, the, the technology available to these people is just leaps and bounds ahead of where we are on Earth, on, in, in Normie land. 
I would say like the, the very least would be about 14 years in what we consider, right? So if you look at the iPhone 14 compared to the iPhone 1, that's the gap. Right. The first, um, the first time I ever had a, a tablet in my hand, we didn't call it that, but the first time I ever had a tablet in my hand was 1984. Yeah, that's, that was, that's ahead of the game. Um, yeah, so you'd, you'd have had a, uh, an iPod. <laughs> And like the internet, um, 5G especially, like the broadband internet, we like, you know, I was dealing with that when I was a little kid. Um, there's like physiological symptoms that come along with it um, that you have to adjust to, almost like build an immunity to. And when they first used it, it was very much more potent than it is to the public now because it's obviously, you know, old. They've had a lot of time to perfect it, but... Um, even at that, it still had a negative effect on some people's biology. Did it? In what way? Well, I mean, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is talking about this right now, how he's got a group of people together who, like, there are people who are almost, like, allergic to broadband frequencies. They have almost, like, an allergic response to them, whether that's uh, in their mind, like a psycho response or an actual physiological. It might make them sick. It might give them stutters. It might give them tremors, things of that nature. So it's a type of radiation. Right? I've got a similar theory. I do, let me run this by you. Um, about wind turbines. I think that the low frequency that noise they produce is, is, is part of the, the, the design to, to mess with our heads. Yeah, so, I mean, like, not to get too crazy for the audience, but I'm fully convinced or should say that I know, like, our sky is not a sky. It's basically, like, we've heard Project Bluebeam. It's yeah. Project Bluebeam is our sky now. It's basically like a projection that looks blue and it looks like clouds and it looks like sky and it looks like stars and it looks like the sun and it looks like the moon, but it's actually just a holographic screen between us and um, whatever is outside of this. Yes. Uh, where are you on flat Earth? Oh, well, um, let me say that I don't think that the earth is flat and I don't think that it's round. I think that the reason why we're perceiving it as flat is because we're in a simulation of sorts and um, the simulation can't duplicate the proper physics for a 3D earth. Um, but even if we were on the natural organic planet, we're dealing with something that is projected holographically. So we may perceive it as round, but that doesn't actually make it round, and that's why all the physics don't add up the way that we want to. The kind of a long, complicated, very um, difficult discussion to have, but um, I don't think that it's actually really here to begin with. I think that it's a projection, a holographic projection, not really physical. And um, our perception of it being round and all the other planets of it being round are based in the coding of this particular planet. Right. So you, you presumably believe there are aliens. Yeah, there's lots of other planets out there that have life. Um, I, I, I differentiate between people. Like, I don't think that we fly through space the way that we're shown it. I think that, like I said, every planet is a hologram or a... Um, a projection of sorts and therefore has its own code so to travel from one planet to another planet you would actually have to recode to that planet um, kind of like the teleporters in the Star Trek series how they break you down into a light into data and then on the other end they they reanimate you as a physical thing I think that is what would be required to move from planet to planet but um, that there are technologies out there that do facilitate that that coding or decoding and recoding um, there are 
portal tech portal technologies. I think the um, this particular version of humans don't have that technology, though. Right, right. Um, I just wanted to ask you one question about the uh, the, the, the the child trafficking thing. Am I right in thinking that these trafficked children are transported by these kind of tube things that you can transport really quickly underground? In some cases, um, you know, the it's facilitating a lot of different needs. Um, human sacrifice never ended. Um, human experimentation never ended. Some people who are trafficked are trafficked for that. Um, there are a lot of humans with the really sick tastes in entertainment, and some people who are trafficked are trafficked for that. Um, there are some people with really sick uh, tastes when it comes to sex, and um, some are trafficked and they're trafficked for that. So, um, and then, you know, even some of these military-based underground facilities, they need um, employees, and I think that some people are trafficked for that. I, I am fully aware of, like, say, human beings who have been taken as children move into these underground facilities, and they think that's just the world. Yes. Because they don't remember the world otherwise, right? So. Whoa. I mean, I've, you've, you've kind of answered this question already, but I'm going to ask you again. Uh, how is it that they keep this stuff, that they get away with it? Given that we've all, you know, we, all, we, all, we all find it so abhorrent, abhorrent the, the, the abusing children, and yet this is, seems to be their main hobby. Well, um, you know, before the internet, obviously it was a lot easier to hide things, right? So we, our, our perception of hiding tactics has changed along with that. But by the time the internet came along, they already had so many people in the world, you know, addicted to these things, right? Like there are more pedophiles out there than people think, right? The, being a, there are more people with murderous rape fantasies out there than people think. Um, you know, ultimately, the light, the dark, what we consider good and evil, it exists in all of us. And um, the representation of it in organizations like the reason why the Illuminati even exists is because on some level we don't deal with that within ourselves. And so it, it um, amplifies and projects onto this, this subspecies of humans. Um, but there are a lot of people out there who that is true for that are just, you know, they're, they're not doing evil, but they have evil thoughts and they have evil desires and they have evil wants, right? And um, because they haven't properly processed that, it manifests in a lot of people who just actually do those things. So, um, you know, at this stage of the world, the number of people who actually are attracted to that stuff because of the way that they've, um, you know, used the porn industry and drugs and all of these other perversions of nature against us, there are just a lot of people who want to do these things, unfortunately. Did, sorry, when you said subspecies, are you suggesting that the people who run the world are not, not quite human? Well, I think that psychopathy is a subspecies of human. That's what I'm calling what it, Yeah, but, but what about the... Because I'm, 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 I'm kind of with you there. But what about the reptilian element? Well, that is a, you know, that's a, a pretty big conversation. I uh, don't know if we have enough time to get into right now. Um, so where that starts from is, you know, the the genetic modification of the ver version of humans that we are 
comes from a reptilian species known as the Draco about 13,000 years ago. They set up the Illuminati as a structure so that the, the Illuminati would look after humans for them so they could kind of be hands off about it, at least to some extent. Um, it's a big subject that goes in a lot of different ways and there's a lot of um, conflicting information in the alternative community about it. So uh, I don't want to go too far into it, but they no longer care about what we do. It was about 400 years ago where they kind of passed over, passed the torch, so to speak, over to humans and humans have been running things ever since. Oh, I see. Yeah, that sounds like a, a subject for a whole, a whole other other podcast we should we should do yeah that's why i started kind of stuttering on it is because i don't know where to start <laughs> no no exactly that's a, that sounds like a big one well shane it's been really great chatting to you um uh, I, I i could sit here all day and ask you lots of stupid questions about magic and um and the illuminati and dumbs and stuff um but let me let me ask you i've i, I see where the world's heading and i've got the consolation of having my my christian faith that, that everything's going to be cool. What, how, do you, how do you deal with this crazy nonsense that you've seen and that you, you see coming? I mean... Well, I probably have a different perspective on it than most people because, like, you know, even just watching the way things happen in public these days, obviously I disagree with it. I don't like it, but I'm kind of impressed that they've pulled this off, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, it, it really is like a wow... Um, I wrestle a lot with um, the way that I view humanity as well, which is probably partially, you know, their indoctrination of me, of course. Um, still re echoing around in my brain. It's your lizard, your inner lizard. My inner lizard, yeah. I don't, I don't hide that at all. I definitely have a, a very strong kind of uh, reptilian viewpoint of humanity because I don't think that we're, humans are very responsible. Can you change shape? No, I'm not, I'm not actually reptilian. Uh, I'm a human okay. being. I, that's not okay. what I mean. And, and shape-shifting isn't real either, but that's, again, a conversation for another day. Um, I'm talking more on a soul level. I identify more with uh, something that's a little bit more reptilian than, than human. But I understand their thought process enough to know that there's a lot of things that they're just not wrong about. Right? The fact that we always do want to save here, and we are so prone to cults, and that these are issues that humans have to work out for themselves on the individual and the collective level where we would differ is i believe humans can do that and they don't which is why they took over that rule of like um shepherd all the sheep themselves right and and put their system in place to circumvent our nature um i think that we just need to understand our nature a little bit better and and come to terms with it but um yeah when it comes to all of that i i kind of like you know i i, I see you know, politically, people are getting what they voted for, right? Um, well, what they were brainwashed into voting for. Sure, but I view the I view the buyer and seller of lies as equal. And um, do you? Yeah, that's I, interesting. Uh, you see, I, I I I don't. So here's something for you. Well, maybe we can leave it on this. If you read the Bible, yeah. um, we've got Adam and Eve in the garden. And God says, not that tree. And then the serpent comes along and he says to Eve, you can eat from this tree. And Eve goes, okay, and she eats from the tree. And nothing happens. And then she comes back and she offers it to Adam. And Adam eats it. And then everything goes in trouble. Like everything goes to hell. Why? Because the universe views the buyer and seller of lies as equal. If Adam had just said no, it would have been okay. 
But Adam wanted that too, right? And that's a part of our human nature, probably a part of God's nature that he worked out at whatever his level is. But that's a part of our nature we need to work out. It's the same thing that makes cults possible. It's that dangling carrot and why it works, right? Um, it's just something we need to figure out within ourselves. And, um, you know, the, 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 the constantly blaming them for the way we behave isn't going to solve these problems. Um, Shane, it's been really enjoyable. <laughs> we, we, we had a good, good old chat, haven't we? We've been all over the place. Absolutely. Um, tell me where we can find your stuff. Tell me what, what, what you want to what you want to promote have you used the beginning of like a link tree url after the slash just do shane underscore sador you'll find all my links there um i pretty much just do my own patreon channel for doing live talks and outside of doing interviews with people like yourself so if you ever wanted to do this again just you know how to contact me I, i'm always happy to talk to people um I, I don't want to present this stuff but i don't I f it feels irresponsible to not answer questions if people want to ask me questions. So um, I will always do that. But that, that's where you can find me. That's where I do most of my stuff. Um, it's too big of a story to tell all in one podcast, and especially when you're jumping around with a bunch of different questions. A lot of stuff kind of gets lost. Um, so what I've tried to do on my Patreon channel is kind of start at the beginning and kind of unravel it over time, right? So... Um, People have been following along on that. They're kind of up to date, but if someone were to join today, they would have to basically scroll all the way back to about a year ago and, and kind of catch up with, with what's going on there. Um, the Ruiner Author YouTube channel is up there for free for everybody. It's what I did for the first eight years. Um, for those who don't know, I wrote a blog that was not intended to be found by the public, but then it was, and um, all the alternative community found me and started asking me questions, so I started answering those questions and now we are where we're at so that's that i think you know it would be quite a coup um shane if next time you felt comfortable enough with me to allow me to transport myself into your body and you could do a swap with me i mean i've never been to canada um <laughs> well I, look, you know unless it's something you're familiar with doing we wouldn't be able to pull that off in a podcast my friend but. Okay, you mean I, I haven't got the innate talent and I haven't done enough training? You haven't done enough training, enough practice. Everyone has the innate ability. Yes. I w I w next time we can talk about pineal glands, maybe. Because the, they're kind of important, aren't they? For sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shane, I've really enjoyed this. Um, thank you very much. It only remains for me to thank all my viewers and, and listeners. Um, God, somebody on a, on, a, on a channel the other day claimed, I don't trust James Dellingpole. He's, he smacks of controlled opposition. Like, yeah, right. How likely? I, I mean, what do you reckon, Shane? What do your psychic skills tell you? <laughs> Having grown up around people like that, let me tell you that James is not. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, so do please support me on Locals, I think is probably the best. Um, Patreon is still working. Um, subscribe star to a less extent. Um, I do some good stuff on Substack. Um, and you can buy me a coffee. And yeah, so please support me and uh, look, check out Shane's stuff. I, I, I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Thanks a lot, Shane, again. You're welcome. Bye, everyone at home. Bye. <laughs>